Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. You guys want to have some fun today? All right, we're going to have some fun learning some more. I'd love to say all about what Christ has done, but I'm not that good. I wish I was that good. But we're going to learn more about what Christ has done in and through each one of us. And so we're digging in. We're still a continue on here in the book of Romans. We've done Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, right? Half of it. And now we're doing the second half of chapter 5, verse 12. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a tiny bit of note cards to get a framework. Then I'm going to read through it. And then I'm going to give you another recap so that we, kind of, we have a really good framework of, of what we're going to break down verse by verse. And we're going to go back and go verse by verse. Sound fun? It sounds fun to me. Come on. Let's do it. So here we go. Here's the first word. It is trespass. Now, if you're from where I grew up, you call it trash pass, okay? But if you're more proper, you say trespass. To cross a boundary and to deviate from the right path or to choose to go my own way. <laughs> I'm going my own way. Toot, toot. How about you? To trespass. You've crossed a line or a boundary. Condemnation. Next one. A fearful expectation of punishment because I'm guilty. I want to emphasize, this is a feeling. I feel condemned because of what I have done that I'm guilty of. I'm guilty of something and I don't feel good about it. I'm afraid of what's about to come, which is punishment, which leads us to our next word, judgment. To make decisive or, uh, you know, the decise, or the decision, I don't write my right in my notes here, to make the decision as to guilt, right? What the heck? To make the decision as to guilt. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay, good. Sometimes <laughs> my brain is on something. You're guilty, and we're making a decision about it, right? That's what I would say. We're guilty, and there's a judgment uh, that is, the gavel comes down, Boom, final decision, you're done. Here's the good news in the notes. Justification. Just as if you have never sinned. It, you're made right because the price has been paid. The penalty removed. That's the best part. That's the best part of the message today is that you've been justified just as if you've never sinned. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as Adam did, who is a pattern of the one to come. Verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass, for it, if the many died by the trespass of the one man. How? It just doesn't sound as good when you don't say crash pass. I'm sorry. It just is better that way. How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses, trespasses and brought justification. 
You can refine me. I can do it. For if by the trespass one man's, that's not funny, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life the one man, Jesus Christ? Verse 18, consequently, just as the trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one Righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to do something special today. We want transfiguration, renewing of the mind today. We need you to transform the way we think like you transformed Jesus on the mount. We want to be transformed in our mind metamorphosize, God. The way we think changes the way we behave, which shapes our destiny, God. So change us today by your Spirit. Let us live according to the true righteousness that you've purchased in us, for us, living in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's a list, just to, just to give the framework of what we're really after today, is there's a list of two men. One man, Adam, in the black, okay? Sin. Another man, the second Adam, the second man, born of God, Jesus. Adam, born of God, firstborn of God. And then we all come from him, right? But Jesus was the only other one, but he was fully God that was born of God. Fully God, fully man, the God-man. Okay, so let's see the difference between these two. This passage of Scripture, scripture it creates a def defining line between these two men. Adam, death reigned in Adam. But in Jesus, righteousness reigned. In Adam, many died. But in Jesus, many received the gift of grace. In Adam, we have condemn condemnation. In Jesus, we have justification, just as if we never sinned. In Adam, the one trespass of Adam, it affected us all, right? But the one, we have the one righteous act of Jesus. So we have one act of violation from Adam, and we have an act of righteousness from Jesus. We have an act of disobedience from Adam, and we have an act of obedience from Jesus. In Adam, sin increased. Time of Noah. Imagine the time of Noah. That was Adam's deal. That's the fruit of Adam's decision. Grace greatly increased in Jesus. Greatly, and that word is a big word. Okay, that's not just, wow, oh, you're so great. And then I go, you're great, and you're great, and you're great. Wait a second. If we're all great, is any... <laughs> then we're kind of just all average, right? No, this word great is like super way over the top, okay? Super great. Sin reigned. Sin was king. But in Jesus, grace is king. And 
Righteousness is king. I like grace being king. I like righteousness being king. How about you? A little bit better than sin being on top. Sin is not on top. So you're in a wrestling match. When time of Adam, we were on bottom. Sin was on top, this big gorilla. Wrestling us down. <laughs> what happens in Christ? Reversal. Flipped over. Now sin's on bottom. Righteousness, grace is on top. But we're not just talking a gorilla now. We're talking King Kong. Ten times the size of King Kong. We're going to get in there, okay? Grace. The power of grace. The, it says here, and we're going to get to it, can't be compared. But here we go, verse 12. Let's break it down verse by verse. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. <clears throat> the Amplified Version of the Bible says this, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or escape from its power. Ooh, that sounds a little bit like the plague. It gets everybody. And it spreads. It's an airborne virus. In fact, it's more than an airborne virus. It's a born-into virus. You're born into it. Because Adam sinned, that means now everyone comes from Adam, okay? So that means we're all now born into sin. Any of y'all born of a woman in here? Come on now. Anybody born from a woman in here? I'm the only one. Not true. It says all are born of water. And violence, okay? Trust me. If you haven't seen it, it's scary. And amazing all at the same time. Just like us. Scary and amazing. Okay, you're born, you're born even with, without Christ. You're still kind of scary and amazing. Sin, born into this nature. It's a part of you. It's a part of us. And it's spread to everybody. Nobody gets out of it. So there's two concepts going on here. One, you're born into it, and so you're actually born into sin. And the second thing is, you also choose it. Okay? So because it's our nature, so when we're first born and before we experience Christ, it is our natural nature to be in sin. And then if we're going to choose righteousness, it's actually difficult. We have to kind of climb over this barrier out of our old nature and into some kind of foreign space of like not sinning. I remember the first time I used to, I was a teenage boy like every other boy. I'm going around and I'm checking out this girl and she's walking by. I'm like, wow, that's one fine looking girl. And my buddy, he had gotten saved. <laughs> I didn't know it. I didn't know that he had transfigured. He had transformed. And he looks at me and goes, I don't do that. I go, you're a space alien. <laughs> I'm like, What? He goes, I gave my heart to Jesus, and I don't lust after girls anymore. I thought, you're crazy. My old nature, that's all I lived in. Then when I got saved, about a year later, I got it. I was like, oh, yeah. I realized, like, me to try to climb over that when I was, it was my nature, is who I was. There's no way I was getting out of that. Unless Christ came, rescued me. Come on, because we're all plagued by this thing called sin. Verse 13. 
To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. This is kind of a fun thing to think about. I want you to think about that. I grew up in like large acre territories down in the Kenai, and so there were not really fences. I mean, we had 20 acres. You don't put 20 acres of fence around your house unless you're rich. And why? You live in Nikiski. You don't need it. Okay, so where I grew up, you didn't really know where your property line began and, your, and the neighbors didn't. But how many of you know when you're a kid, it's kind of like your yard isn't fun enough. It's like, my yard's not really fun enough. I need to go to the neighbor's yard and go mess some stuff up. <laughs> because how many of you know when you're in your neighbor's yard and you're not supposed to be there and they don't know you're there, nothing good happens? That's where you always break your arm. Right? Or his stuff or her stuff, whoever's it is. But you know, like in, in open territory spaces, a lot of times you don't know where your property line begins and the other person's begins, or yours begins and ends, and theirs begins and ends. And there's lots of times when you're actually trespassing onto their property and you don't really know it. You're like, well, I kind of think I'm on my property, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm actually on his property. So if I'm over here, I might as well <laughs> throw rocks at his car, and then he gets a shotgun and chases me off. Never happened. Yeah, no, that happened. Or run naked through his yard. Why is that fun? Don't know. Ask my old man. See, you might be thinking, you have this, an old man. Okay, I thought my old man was named Steve. But apparently my old man's name is actually Adam. So old man is kind of my term of endearment for my dad. You can't hear the things that he calls me in public. <laughs> but I know he loves me. It feels like love. All right. But here's the thing. Is that, that your old man wants to be on the other side of that property line. He likes to mess around over there. Actually, that's where he feels most comfortable. She feels most comfortable there. That's, but that's your old nature. That's your old man. But here's one of the things that happens is sin, it, it, the law says like, well, how did people hold account for their wrongdoings and stuff before the law came? Well, Romans 2 says that it was in their conscience. So even if you never hear of the law, there's a thing in your conscience where you kind of know like it's like this, like I don't see the exact boundary, but I understand, I think I'm crossing some kind of line here. Because God puts that inside of every person, doesn't he? Okay, but when the law comes, I've got a little example here for you to make this super clear, is the law comes and it's kind of like when you live in the city instead of when you live out in the country, you actually, they do these things in the city that's weird to me because I'm a country boy at heart. It's called a fence, right? How many of you guys have fences? Yeah? Only six of you? Liars. Living on the other side of the fence, are we? I see how you are. Build my quick fence here. Caution. It's dangerous on the one side of this fence. Okay? 
to one side of this fence, so the law comes. And so when the law comes, through the Ten Commandments and then the hundreds of other laws that God gave to the Israelites, it actually came. And it was a blessing because it did define righteousness, okay? So it says this is what righteousness is on this side of the fence. And this is what it isn't on that side of the fence. Okay? So when you walk up to your neighbor's yard and you're a young person and you see their fence, you have a decision to make. You don't just kind of, oh, I didn't really know I was on your property. You know, because you climbed it. And when the law came, it has now signs all over it. Caution, do not climb over. Bad things will happen. You'll be shot. You'll be prosecuted. How many of you guys seen signs like this? Do not trespass on my property or trespass on my property or I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot my dog on you. He coming after you, folks. I dare you jump over. Just jump over. Come on, son. I'm watching you jump over. Right? <laughs> the divide, it created a dividing line that says, hey, there's something here right now. This line, now when the line is there, it says if you cross over, if you decide now to climb the fence, right, then you will experience consequences. This is where the strong if and thens begin to play out in the Old Testament, and the law is the thing that's defining this. If you cross over, you are going to experience the punishment for your sin, and it's not going to be good for you. But if you stay on this side of the fence, I'm going to bless you and rain down prosperity, and heaven's going to come to earth on this side of the fence. Why do you want to climb over? Because you have an old man in there. Your old man grew up on the other side of the fence. <laughs> he didn't grow up on this side of the fence. She didn't grow up on the righteousness side of the fence. She grew up on the other side of the fence. And what happens on the other side of the fence is you get used to all kinds of bad habits. Imagine on the side of the fence there's opiates and other kinds of narcotics that you like to take. <laughs> right? And you get in the habit of these addictive behaviors to cover and mask your pain. To make do with your life. To escape. Or to have fun. Or to experience happiness and joy. Now all of a sudden you're trying to experience these things on this side. Or that's how you grew up in your nature. You're experiencing them. Then when you get saved and you all of a sudden get rescued and there's this dividing line, dividing line, you're on this side, you look at that nature and there's habits there, right? But you know the difference between what it's like to live on that side and now this side. Now when you're in the new nature, let's look and find out what happens. Verse 14, nevertheless death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as Adam did, who is a pattern of the one to come. See, something was emerging. Something was in the plan of how to escape this life on this other side of the fence with this addictive stuff. Adam was like Jesus in some ways. That through him, there was a big impact. Everybody was affected by him. 
This is how he is in the likeness of Christ or the type of Christ. Is through one man all then suffer the consequences of sin and are now born on the other side of this dividing line of the law of righteousness. Are you with me? In that space is where we find death reigning. See, in your old nature, death is king. He's on top. He is dominating you. He is pinning you down. And you're actually in prison to sin. And it's what you want in your natural nature. And that's what we're born into. And until the law, righteousness wasn't defined. There wasn't a place where we could say, okay, I see that. And God, I want to at least try. I want to try to be righteous. And so in our works in the law, we were able to try to cross over out of our old nature and live on this side. And if you read the Old Testament, you see lots of struggle of people trying really hard to live on this side. And they did it for seasons, and then boom, they all fall back over to the other side, and they get the consequences of their sin. Until, until the second man comes. In verse 15, the gift is not like the trespass. In some ways it is. But in the majority of the way, it is not. For if in many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? This is King Kong times a thousand. Okay, so you felt like you had a thousand pound gorilla on top of you. But then Jesus flips that thing over and he is... Bigger than the biggest gorilla you've ever seen on television, okay? Bigger than King Kong could ever be. And he is so big, it's not even a fight. He is so much more powerful. We give so much weight to sin. Because when we felt it, it was heavy. But we have got to give the appropriate weight to God's grace, to his righteousness, to what Jesus really did and what he set us free from. Sin is no match for righteousness. Sin is no match for the love of God and the, and the actual power of God's grace moving through your life. It's no match. But if we don't believe it, the devil wants to get you to believe your sin is so powerful. You're subject to it. You have to live on the other side. You're always going to be crossing over and violating all the time because sin's so powerful. Listen, your habits have power because you give them power. We give our habits power and sometimes we're on this side, but the only way we go over now because when we're born again into our new nature, we cross over and now we have this new nature that is powerful inside of us. The God of the universe slipped himself into human skin and came to the world to come rescue you. <laughs> to be the second man. The God man. And he lives a perfect life. And in fact, the law defines, it defines who the Messiah is. It's one of its purposes. When it says this is perfect righteousness, two perfect righteous examples ever came to this world. Do you know what they were? The righteousness of the law, defined by the law of Moses, given by God's hand. And then Jesus manifest himself. God came to earth, perfect righteousness. Manifest himself, both in perfect alignment. See, the law prophesied. It declared, it said, Jesus is the one true God. He is God. Because no one else even came close. We just obliterated this thing. Always over the wall. 
Can you just stop going over the wall? You're driving me crazy. You're wearing me out over here. Right? Just always over the wall. But then Jesus shows up, not even close. I mean, just glorified. Just power, perfection. And think, look at this. He says, all power and authority were given to me. It's Matthew 28. And he says, guess what I'm doing? I'm now giving it to you. You're doing what? The keys to the Ferrari are yours. Rev up that engine, but you got to know what you have. And this is where the paradigm shift has to happen in our minds. This word, transfiguration, to be transformed in the renewing of your mind, it's the same word that was on the mountaintop when Jesus was transformed or transfigured. How cool, metamorphosis. To be transformed. That's what God wants to do in your mind so that you actually know what he did for you. And there's no comparison. There's no comparison. Verse 16, there's... Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed the one sin and brought condemnation. The gift followed and brought many trespasses and brought justification. So right behind every single sin of time we cross over the line, Jesus reaches over and goes, I paid for that one. He justified it. No, just as if you never sinned. Okay, you, choose, you have to choose Jesus, okay? This is the condition. Jesus, your God, I believe it in my heart and I confess it with my mouth. You are Lord and Savior of my life. Cross over the line, he goes, uh, just as if you never sinned. I, that one, I paid for that one too. You go over again, I paid for that one too. I paid for that one too. You go back over, do the same one again. Oh, the same one again. I paid for that same one again. I paid for that same one again, and again, and again, and again. Never ending. Hebrews says, and Romans both say, yesterday, today, forever, all sin. By one act of righteousness. The one act of righteousness was by far more powerful than anything else, but two radically different results here. The radical different result of Adam had this destructive, compounding behavior that birthed sin into everyone, and sin births death, right? That's sin's baby, death. And it was raining all over everyone. And then Jesus comes, one act of righteousness, one act of obedience sets us all free. And how much more powerful is that? We have to stop glorifying sin. We have to stop giving it power and believing it has more power than the righteous life of Christ living inside of you. He jumped, he just goes, watch this. I'm showing up, I'm God. Philippians 2, I'm gonna humble myself and be a man and here I am, boom, and I'm gonna pay the perfect price and now I'm elevated to the highest place and then watch what I'm gonna do. He he jumps in, in you. How is this even happening? Perfect, most powerful, righteous God, fully God living inside of you. And the devil wants you to believe it's not happening. He wants you to believe you're powerless because if you believe you're powerless, you'll behave powerless. But if you believe you're powerful, then you will change what you do. You will stop climbing over the wall and live on the other side. Live in the power of God's righteousness and the favor of his kingdom. Romans 6, 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 10. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. 
1 Corinthians 15, 22, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Ephesians 2, 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in his mercy, made us. Come on, touch your heart for a second. Say, he made me. I didn't make me. He made me alive with Christ. Come on. Even when we were dead to sin and transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Colossians 2.13, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Consequently, verse 18, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification for all people. See, some people teach right here, and Pastor Mark's going to dig in this a little bit deeper. I don't want to touch too much on it. Is that everybody is saved by Jesus, whether they choose him or not. That's universal salvation is what people teach. That is not what all of Romans all the way up to this point teaches. It teaches you have to choose him to get him. you got to pick him. You can't just, it just happen. He says, no, listen, I want a love relationship with you, and I gave you a free will, and you got to choose it. And I want you to choose all of this beautiful stuff on this side of the wall, this side of the fence that I purchased for you, and it's so simple. I did all the heavy lifting and all the hard work. All you have to do is choose me, and I'm going to pull you up out of your old man, your old nature, that old Adam, and I'm going to jerk you up out of that miry quicksand and stick you in to a glorious, faith-filled, kingdom-living uh, priest and king lifestyle, having the riches of God's glory at your beck and call. Like That is what God has purchased for you. Verse 19. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. God is not looking for ways to keep you out of heaven. He's looking for ways to get you in. And he made one gigantic, big, huge, wide open freeway. I know it says narrow is the gate. That's because it's you choose one thing. One thing, Jesus but it's as wide as it could ever be. Because His mercy and grace is unlimited. Father, do it in us. Let us believe it. You're the most powerful thing walking around the planet right now. Do you know that? Because the power of righteousness is living in you. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Grace increased all the more. The sin was exposed, but the grace just increases. See, we have got to, we've got to abandon this idea that we are made or that we have to live in this old man nature. It says your old man is dead. Died when you gave your heart to Jesus. Now, if you have not given your heart to Jesus, you're living on the other side of righteousness, and that's your normal nature. And it's gonna be really hard for you to do good things and righteous things and experience God's love in and through your life. You're gonna be working hard because you're in quicksand. You can't get out on your own. When you choose Jesus, He pulls you out. 
And that old nature now is dead. Don't feed it. Don't feed the animals. Right? Do not feed your sin. Those habits that are on the other side. Don't try to like, oh, I'm going to bend the rules a little. I'm pretty sure the law didn't really mean that. I couldn't do that. I'm just going to stretch. I'm just going to feel the burn. <laughs> it, yeah, you're going to feel the burn. Whoa, that thing's burning, licking my hiney because it's hot. Sin hurts. It is not good. You need, sometimes we're just like, oh, well, I just want to go back and do that one thing that I used to do in my old nature. It's so great. I just want to, I'll just climb over and nobody will see me. I'll just get over real quick. I'll get right back. You just get your experience. The, you're going to get all of what you pay do over there. And you know what happens? We all do this. We jump over and we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this one little thing just real quick and I'm coming back. And then we, we feel icky, don't we? You actually have to climb over your new nature to go do that old nature stuff. And you're like, oh, this doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel the same because that's the old Adam. That's your old man. And Jesus died for him and then killed him. You're like, he's dead. This life is different. Girl walks by. When I was even a teenager, even as a teenager, a girl walks by, I'm like, I don't even want to lust anymore. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> that is a miracle, by the way. If you're a man and you don't do that, that is a miracle because that is the miracle of the resurrected Christ moving in through your life. You're a woman. Oh, you don't gossip anymore. You don't have a desire to gossip anymore or compare yourself. Hello. Start participating in that stuff. You give life to it. Your, your old man is like this shadow. We're going to talk about this next week. We're going to talk about how we feed the dead. Okay? Don't feed the dead. They start to wake up. It's like your shadow. It's with you all the time until you go to heaven and it's divided and cut off. It's going to be there. But it's dead. Connected, but dead. Don't feed it. Don't give weight to it. Don't let it have power over you. You keep it in submission with the righteousness going on in and through your life. Last verse. Verse 21. So that just as in sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, come on. Grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There's one way to heaven, folks. There's one ticket, one way. There's one way to get out of this lifestyle on the other side of this dividing line of this fence of what righteousness truly is. And it's through the manifestation of the power of the love of God in the Son of God. Fully God, fully man. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ, the risen one. He came for you. So you don't have to live out there all alone. In your sin, like rotting and hurting. He died for you. He died for me. It's personal to him. It's personal to me. Because you know what? When you give your heart to Jesus, you become part of the family of God. We're all children of God, bought by the same blood, the same purchase, the same God died for us all. And so 
when you don't choose him, you don't, you're a family member to me. You're a family member to me that's lost, that's sinking. Don't sink. When you can be rescued and there's a new life, you're tired of being in the mire of your sin. You're tired of being feeling separated and lonely and lost and without him. Jesus came to die for you. It's very simple. You just say, Jesus, transform my life. Change everything about me. I believe you're God. Heal me. Save me. I want your rescuing power. Pull me up over this wall and place me in the power of your righteousness and your grace. Will you stand with me, church, as we close? Before we go, just stay with me mentally, spiritually. I know, just stand up for a second. Shake it off a little bit. But I want to believe something's going to be transformed in how we see God living in us. And we're going to pin the devil tonight, okay? We're going to pin him. We're going to pin sin in our life. We're going to do a reversal. We're going to flip it. We're not going to live on the other side of the wall. We're not going to choose to jump over. Come on, just lift your hands up if you want. If you want a blessing, you want a breakthrough. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're just declaring breakthrough in our minds, breakthrough in our lives, dead to the old nature and old man. Gone is he, washed away by the blood of Jesus, cleansed, clean, whole, renewed. I am powerful in Christ. Come on, say it. I am powerful in Christ Jesus. I am powerful in his resurrection. His life makes my life Come on, his life makes my life come alive in power. Sin, you are submitted to the grace of God and righteousness living in and through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.